Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. Uh, 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Um, So in the last episode, we found out that uh, Dalo didn't care about Annalise, but then he does care about Annalise. And that Zakia, even though... Like, Zakia is literally made out of uh, rubber because she bounces back better than anybody else. Uh, even after Gavin kicks her out, she goes to Gavin who or goes to Dalo, who immediately gets her a new spot. Um, so it's not long before they start having sex again. Um, let's see what else. Michaela's trying to help Annalise fix her relationship because now that Michaela's relationship is falling apart, instead of dealing with her own relationship, she'd rather fix other people's relationships. I think that's about it. I think we're caught up. Chapter 8, Annalise. Oh, yeah. Check us out on um, Patreon. You can get access to the new episodes like much faster than y'all get access to them if you're listening to this on um the just podcast feed and that's at patreon.com backslash single simulcast it's in the show notes chapter eight annalise the the stuff that y'all the money that you give helps us to buy books and pay for the kindle unlimited subscription that i use to get the other books just so you know being completely transparent with you chapter eight annalise i don't know why he won't just stop bugging me i don't need space from him I don't want to see him, period, Michaela. I screamed so loud that I started getting lightheaded. Clenching the kitchen counter, I felt my knees buckle before things went black. When I came to, Michaela was sitting on the floor with my head in her lap, crying her eyes out while holding her cell to her ear. I think she's waking up, but she passed out and was out for over a minute, she hollered. No, she doesn't have a history of having seizures. Just send somebody now. This is me jumping in. Bet you she got brain cancer. I read that in another book earlier. If y'all read the book with me, you know what I'm talking about. Old Thought Next Door. What happened? I asked, looking up at her. For some odd reason, this whole scene reminded me of the day my mother got killed. It gave me the eeriest feeling and made me think something bad was going to happen. You fell out on the floor and blacked out. What the hell was that, Lisey? Are you okay? How are you feeling? I could tell Michaela was worried about me because she kept firing questions left and right. She hadn't given me a chance to answer the first question when she asked another one. Like, damn, bitch, give me a chance to at least answer one. I think I'm okay. 
It's probably just stress, I said as the paramedics arrived. While Michaela carefully eased me up off her, she ran to the door to let them in. Holding on to the bottom of the stool, I heaved myself to my feet. Why'd you get up? Michaela fussed and helped me onto the lower chair at the kitchen table. As the medics examined me, I convinced them that I was fine. An unnecessary trip to the emergency room was out of the question. If I start feeling strange again, I'll go to urgent care. Thanks for coming through. You really need to go so you can find out what made you pass out like that, Lisey, Michaela fussed. I'm fine. Can't you make her go? She whined. Technically, no. Her vitals are good and she says she's okay, the young black male medic said before packing up. Huffing in frustration, Michaela walked into the door, then insisted that I want to lie down. Refusing to be closed in my bedroom, I opted to stretch out in the optional in the den. Michaela was right there with me, waiting on me hand and foot. She was making such a big fuss over me that I had to send her off to get something to eat. After she ran out the door, she came right back in and plopped onto the sofa. Looking at me like she had to tell me something, my stomach sank. What is it, Michaela? I forgot to tell you that Dayla let this car over here. So? So you know he'll be back to get it. So? So? I'm not going to leave you here by yourself and he pops back over here tripping and shit. Ain't nobody got time for all that nonsense, especially not when you're feeling well. While Michaela worried me about Dalo, her cell started ringing. By the way, her face lit up. I knew it was Joe. I'm going to take this in the kitchen. She giggled as I laid there and closed my eyes. Only minutes went by before I heard a key in the door. It couldn't be anybody but Dalo. Walking into the den, he apologized and told me that going with her was the only way he could get her to leave. Dayla was probably right, but that didn't make me feel any better about him embarrassing me in front of my best friend by leaving with Zakia like that. I told you I was done with her, Lisey, he wooed and asked why I was lying on the sofa. After I explained that the paramedics had just left, Dalo tried to convince me to let him take me to urgent care. Come on now, baby, something could be seriously wrong. The only thing wrong up in here is you being up in here, Michaela snapped upon entering the den. Please, I don't want to hear all that, I said, hushing her up. Michaela, cut it out. And Dalo, I need some time to think about all this. All this back and forth between you and me and you and Zakia and Zakia and Gavin. You're right. I don't want to add to your stress, so I'm going to leave. But I'll be back to check on you, he promised. Just call me instead, please. I'm tired and... I started before Michaela cut me off. She's tired, she's stressed out, and she doesn't feel good. Now isn't a good time for you to be busting up in here with all your damn drama. I'm here to take care of her, so why don't you be a good little boy and run along? Shit. I couldn't believe Michaela had clowned Dayla like that. She cut him up so good that it was hard for me to hold in my laugh. Oh, you got your clown suit on today, huh, shorty? I'm going to let you have that out of respect for Lisey, Dalo smirked and shook his head before kissing my forehead. I'm gone, baby, but call me if you need me. She won't be making any such call while I'm here. You can forget that shit, Michaela shot as she walked into the door. You got a slick-ass mouth, and you're damn lucky I respect women. Yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah with all that bullshit about respecting women, she clapped back and slammed the door behind him. You are a damn fool, girl. No, 
I would have been a damn fool if I would have patted him down and took a damn key back, she huffed. I should just go to Fred Meyer and get a whole new lock set to keep his ass out. Well, you would have to buy three of them because the key opens the front, side, and back door, boo. I laughed and told her not to pay attention to Dalo. He's harmless, but I just don't want to be bothered by no men tonight. Well, I'm going to go get food, so I'll pick the locks up too. Anyway, speaking of harmless, Michaela rolled her eyes as her cell rang. This motherfucker right here won't get the message. Who? Tommy. Does he know you're in Portland? I asked. Hell no. Joe's the only one who knows, and I had to tell him about leaving him a message because he's still not answering my calls. I thought that was him who just called. I thought that was the number from his office, but it wound up being my doctor's office confirming my yearly woman's checkup, Michaela said. That's why I came back in here so fast, and good thing I did. So, Joe hasn't let you talk to the kids either? Nope. He won't even answer for me to try. I sent text after text apologizing to telling him how much I love him and the kids, and he won't even respond. Damn. Tell me about it, girl. While I'm begging Joe to call me back, Tommy won't stop calling me. No matter what I say or do, he won't leave me alone. So you know how I feel, huh? I smiled. Sometimes we just need a little peace in our lives. We sure do, and after I pick up this phone right now and cuss Tommy out one good time, I'm going to shut my cell off. Stop lying. You ain't going to shut that phone off. What if Joe or the kids finally call, I reminded. You are so right. Well, I'm just going to cuss him out and then block this new number he calling me from, she enlightened as she answered. What the hell do you want, Tommy? Haven't you done enough damage to my life already? As I listened to the brief conversation, I heard her tell him that it wasn't any of his business where she was. She didn't say too much after that except a bunch of cuss words and then hung up on him. To prevent him from calling right back, Michaela immediately blocked his number again. Taking a deep breath, she looked at me. Girl, this nigga's out there looking for me. Well, as long as it's in Texas looking for you, you safe here, I told her. So make sure your location stays off your cell and stay off social media networks. I won't be on there no how, she replied fiddling with the settings on her phone to turn off her location features. Soon as she finished, Tommy was calling her from another number. Michaela sure was right when she said that whatever she said or did, Tommy wasn't going to leave her alone. The only sure thing that could keep him away would be jail or death. Mm. Chapter 9 Tommy. Oh, wait. Yeah, going back. Yeah, um, Lisa's probably got cancer. And so she's going to fall out again somewhere around Gavin. And that's when Gavin's going to end up taking her to the hospital and find out she either got the cancer or she's pregnant. I can't see no other way about this. Like, if that is not the reason to make them get back together, then I don't know what would be. And if they get back together based on that, then that's fucked up. Because getting back together with somebody or latching up with somebody due to trauma, let's just say that that doesn't seem or tend to end well or do well. Whether it's in friendships or relationship, trauma bonding is not the way to begin a relationship or restore a relationship. Signed, child of an abusive relationship chapter nine tommy for the past few days i had called every hotel in the houston area and beyond looking for michaela 
oh, this nigga a stalker, stalker. But we already knew that. Like, why is she shocked that he's a stalker? Nigga, he followed you to California. That's what I forgot to mention in my midst of being worried about Annalise, the only good person in this book, basically, other than Tessa, uh, or whatever her sister's name is. Uh, this nigga done stalked you to California. Why don't you think he gonna stalk every single fucking hotel in Houston? Like, you were proud of it before he ruined your marriage. Oh, I put that good on him and he don't know how to let go. Like, okay, this is where you at now. Make your bed lay in it. He gonna find what bed you laying in too. For the past few days, I had called every hotel in the Houston area and beyond looking for Michaela. Besides that, I had been going past her house to see if I could catch her going in or coming out. Where the fuck is she? I asked, sweating behind the wheel of my car, which was parked at the corner of her house. So far, I had only seen that sorry-ass husband of hers taking the kids to daycare and school and bringing them home. By the way he was moving, I didn't even think he was going to work anymore. I guess I did fuck his head up bad. I didn't mean to hurt that nigga and his kids. I just got tired waiting for Michaela to leave his ass, so I gave him the ammunition he needed to leave her. I figured that with him out of the picture, she'd finally let me all the way in her life. I mean, what other option did she have? But things didn't really work out the way I thought they would. Instead of the two of us riding off in the sunset to get married, she had disappeared and cut off all communication with me. I couldn't get her to answer her phone for shit. And when she finally did answer, she cussed me out and hung up in my damn face. I didn't know why she was being so fucking difficult. She was behaving like a five-year-old instead of a grown-ass woman. All I needed was five minutes between them sexy thighs and she'd be putty in my hands once again. But how was I going to do that when she didn't want to have shit to do with me? Is she in there? I asked myself. Now all types of shit was going through my head, especially since I hadn't seen Michaela. Like, did that nigga have her tied up in the house? Did he kill her and have her up in there dead? Before I went to Joe's job and told him all that shit, I didn't think about it putting Michaela in danger. All I wanted to do was force her into my arms. Instead, everything had backfired in my face and I was starting to get anxious. It's 6 a.m., Somebody got to come out that house in the next couple hours to drop them kids off. I chanted under my breath as I got comfortable. Time went by slower than usual. But sure enough, around an hour and a half later, Joe came outside and put the kids in his truck. Ducking down in my rental, I waited for him to drive by before I climbed out and went into the back of the house. Since the whole house except for the basement window was set with an alarm, I went through there like I always did. Keeping it cracked open... I hopped down and crept upstairs to locate Michaela. When I didn't find her after searching every room and closet, I went digging through the office to find some kind of trace as to where she could be. Annalise? Why didn't I think of her running there? Just as I asked myself that question, I heard somebody coming in the front door. Seeing that I had to go back through the basement window, I had to fly down the stairs and use a chair to get up to climb out. Shit! I yelled as I heard three consecutive gunshots. Fuck looking back, I just kept running all the way to the corner where my car was parked. Jumping in, I peeled off in the opposite direction and got the hell out of there. Did I miss something? Hold on, this is me. I just want to check. When I didn't find her after searching every room and closet, I went digging through the office to find some type of traces to where she would be. What was it? She Did she write a note saying I'm going to Annalise's house? Probably. 
maybe. Who the fuck knows? She didn't get a chance. She ran in there to grab all her shit. She didn't say she left a note. She just grabbed all her shit and dipped out because he was like, if you're still there when I get home, it's a wrap. And Joe shooting? Like, what? Like, Joe saw him? Like, what exactly just happened? We're going to find out. Joe's going to call Michaela to be like, I saw your whack-ass boyfriend today. Um... Fuck looking back. I just kept running all the way to the corner where my car was parked. Jumping in, I peeled off in the opposite direction and got the hell out of there. Going straight to the airport, I bought a ticket to Portland on the next flight out. With Annalise's phone number and address in hand, I knew exactly where to go. Of course this nigga does. To preoccupy my time during the trip, I stopped in one of those expensive-ass airport gift shops and bought a book to read on the way to Oregon. It was titled Animal. Written by a cat named Quan. I know Quan. We'll probably read some of his books somewhere down the line. He's alright. Also, I wonder what it takes for somebody to put your book in their book. Like to mention your book in their book. That would... I mean, that's... That's probably big. You know, because then you'll want to read their book after you read your book. That's a big leap of faith. I wonder if Quan put their books in his book. You know, turnabout and shit. That's why I'm always scared to say people's names in my shows. Because if they don't say nothing back, then I just big them up and I didn't get nothing back. You know what I'm saying? Only able to get halfway through it before we landed, I tucked it in my duffel and departed the plane. Since I had no luggage to check, I went directly to the rental car counter and was on my way in minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, fucking right. You can't get out of no rental car. You can't walk up to a rental agency and walk out with a car in minutes. Nigga, that is M possible impossible completely nigga debating whether to give Michaela a heads up about coming I decided against it and just shot straight over there I hope she happy to see me because I miss her ass and I need to apologize to her again she hadn't taken it well by phone but I knew once she saw my face things would be different yeah nigga yeah as soon as she sees your face and you done popped up in Portland nigga you crazy you big crazy Things between Michaela and I were rocky right now, <laughs> but I was about to make it right with the ring I bought her. It was much nicer than the little ass punk ring Joe put on her finger. When she saw this shit, there was no way she could deny me. Convinced that I was doing the right thing, I felt comfortable pulling right up in Annalise's driveway to this big ass house. Taking in a deep breath before I exited the vehicle, I smoothed out the wrinkles in my clothes as best I could and made my way to the door. Lifting my fists, I pounded on the door. Not like the police would have done or anything like that, but enough to get somebody's attention to open the damn door. I was on a mission. I wasn't leaving until I had my baby back. It was pretty late, so when no one answered right away, I wasn't surprised. I didn't come out here for nothing, and I ain't about to wait until daybreak to come back. I'm here now, so somebody better answer this damn door. Backing up, I looked around to see if any lights were on. When I crept around to the side, I saw the cottage was lit up and then I saw a shadow pass in the window. I knew that silhouette anywhere. It was Michaela. Easing closer, I could hear some upbeat music playing. That was probably why she didn't hear me come in the unlocked door and sneak up behind her. That right there was a wrong move to make. You motherfucker, Michaela screamed, swinging a lamp at me. Blocking with my arm, I tried to grab her with my other hand. Michaela, baby, I just want to talk to you, I cried. She must have thought I was trying to fight her because the next thing I knew, she had gotten a hold of her taser and had zapped the shit out of me. 
While I was on the phone flopping like a fish out of water, she grabbed her phone and was calling the cops. No, I shouted because there was no way I was going back to jail. Forcing myself upward, I was able to knock the phone from her hand. When I did that, Michaela screamed like I had slapped her or something. I didn't get why she was acting this way. She should have been happy to see me, but instead, she was trying to kill me. Michaela, stop. I love you, I yelled. Michaela didn't give a fuck as she swung again wildly, forcing me to restrain her. That was when Annalise rushed in looking like some crazy mad woman. All I saw was a barrel of her gun. Get the fuck off her! Maybe I wasn't moving fast enough for her because I didn't even get a chance to blink before she let off her first warning shot. By the look in her eyes, I knew she was going to kill me one way or the other. In a split second, I spun Michaela around to the front of me to shield any gunfire that her homegirl was dying to release. I wasn't nobody's fool. This bitch was crazy. Let her go. Put the fucking gun down, I demanded, but this is one bold bitch. She wasn't budging. I said, let her go, she warned before she let her second shot off. As the hot metal penetrated my leg, I let go of Michaela and she hit the floor, leaving me fair game. Annalise took advantage of that opportunity as the sounds of the sirens grew closer. You fucked with the wrong ones this time, she gritted and let off the third round. The bullet hit me dead in the chest and took all the wind from me. Damn, that shit hurt like hell. Gasping for air, all I could push out was five words. Michaela, I love you. Forever. Shit wasn't supposed to end this way. Yeah, it was. Because this is going to get it where Gavin is representing Annalise. And now Annalise is going to fall in love with Gavin as they're forced to talk to each other on a day-to-day. Because she's not going to go to jail for protecting her girl. But, you know, they might lock her up for a few. And then Gavin's going to come in and save everything. Plus, Joe's going to come because he finds out that... Tommy stalked her all the way to Portland and blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's go. Chapter 10, Daylo. When I left Annalise's, I went to my apartment and couldn't sleep for shit. Something kept telling me to go back over there and work it out with her. To have a reason to just stop by, I took some meds, soup, and orange juice over there. Only when I got there, the police, ambulance, and fire department were arriving as well. What the fuck is going on? I mumbled under my breath. They had the street blocked off, so I had to park away from the house. I tried to get on the property, but an officer stopped me. I'm sorry, but I can't let you on the property, he said. What's going on? I asked. Do you live here? Yes. Just because me and Annalise had gotten into it and she kicked me out, that didn't mean shit. I still had a key to the property, so that meant I had a right to be here. You live here, the cop repeated. Yes. I need to see your ID, he said. I pulled my wallet out and handed him the ID. This address doesn't match the one on your driver's license. Damn it. I knew I should have changed that shit. Yeah, I've been meaning to have it changed, but I haven't gotten around to it. I live here with my girlfriend, Annalise, I said in an effort to get him to let me on the property. What's her last name? The officer asked. Shit, I didn't even know her last name. All of a sudden, I heard the chopper in the sky. As it hovered over us, then prepared to land, I knew something bad had happened. Where's my girlfriend? Is she alright? I asked anxiously. Annalise! 
As the copter landed, the paramedics came rushing towards it with somebody on a stretcher. I tried to see who it was, but couldn't even get a glimpse. As I watched, they loaded the person onto the helicopter, and it took off. Hey, man, you gotta let me onto the property. I gotta make sure my girl's okay, I said. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Fuck, I yelled as I pulled out my phone and dialed Annalise's number. She didn't answer, so I called her again and again and again until I finally gave up. I paced the street for what seemed like forever until the cops and everybody else cleared the scene. There was even a tow truck that had arrived to tow a vehicle in the yard. It was a vehicle I had never seen before, so that made me even more curious. Finally, after waiting for two hours, I was able to pull into the driveway and had barely put the vehicle in part before I went rushing to the door. I was so nervous I couldn't even get the key in the lock. Only when I tried to turn the key in the lock to open the door, nothing happened. What the fuck? I questioned as I tried again. Same thing. Nothing happened. When the fuck did she change the damn lock? Banging on the door, I waited for someone to answer it. A couple of seconds passed before Michaela opened the door. What the fuck do you want? She sneered. I just came by to check on Lisey and saw the cops and shit. Is everything okay? I asked. She's resting. Did something happen to her? Nothing that concerns you, she remarked snidely. Look, Michaela, I know you don't like me, and that's fine, but I'm worried about Annalise right now. Can you let me in so I can go see for myself that she's okay? I asked, trying to be extra sweet. This woman didn't like me for shit, and it was written all over her face. She stared me down with a disgusted look on her face. Like I said, she's resting. Maybe you should come back tomorrow at a decent hour, she said, and shut the door on my face. Damn it, I fussed as I turned and went back to my car. Michaela was not going to make it easy for me to see Annalise no matter what time I came over. She just didn't like me and there was nothing I could do to change that. I'd be willing to bet any amount of money that she was the one responsible for the locks being changed. She hated me that much. Still without any idea what might have gone down here, I was glad that Annalise wasn't the one who was taken away by life flight. I cared a lot about Annalise, but I also cared a hell of a lot about my baby mama, too. I wanted to be with Zakia, but she played way too many fucking games. Annalise was older and more mature, so she didn't play those kind of games. That was what I liked about her. She always said how she felt and what was on her mind. If I can get my baby mama to act like she had the good sense that God gave her, we can move on together and be a family. But I couldn't tie myself down to her now because she still had some screws loose and need to be tightened. Shit, I forgot to make a stop at the damn store to get some toilet paper, I chanted as I made the last turn on my block. Did I ask, this is me, you know, did I ask at the end of that last chapter? I don't think I did. Okay, Tommy got shot. Why the fuck aren't people looking through the fucking Ring app yet? I know I asked this before, but there's a Ring app. You can look through the damn Ring app. And no, okay, this popping off, let me call the cops. That's what rings for. You don't put their name out there if you're not going to use them, like, ever. Shit, I forgot to stop by this damn store to get some toilet paper, I chanted as I made the last turn on my block. Hitting a U-turn, I headed over to Heeb. What the fuck is Heeb? Huh, that's not an acronym. Heeb is the actual name. H-E-B, there's dashes in between each of them, but it's... 
a store that started off in Texas, but now they've moved to Portland. How about that? Hitting a U-turn, I headed over to Hebe. As I parked and got out, I saw a familiar face pushing a shopping cart across a lot. Walking over, I saw that it was this chick that I used to fuck with on and off. It had never been anything serious, but I always had this thing for her. Carmen? I called out, causing her to spin around towards me. The first thing I spotted was her baby bump, and from the size of it, I wondered if it was mine right away. Not wanting to start the conversation off with that question, I just asked how she was doing. Wow, hey Dalo, she shrieked and came right over and hugged me. I'm good, but I thought you were still in jail. No wonder you never wrote me back. Nah, I was in and out for a moment, but I've been good lately, I explained briefly. I see you've been busy. Yes, and that's why I was writing you. We're having a baby, she revealed with a smile and teary eyes. A little boy. Say what? I asked, thinking about Zakia being pregnant too, but I sure wasn't going to mention that shit. I know this is shocking. You're not as excited as I am. You have kids, and this is my first. Our first, she beamed while all I could think was, oh shit. Nah, I'm happy if you're happy, I said as her brother Manuel walked up and mean mugged me. Staring his ass right back down, I gave him a head nod. Sup, Manny? Can't call it, man. He said, getting the groceries out of the cart to load them in the trunk. Call me later since you changed your number. Mine's the same. Carmen urged with a smile and then got in the passenger seat of the newer model Buick. Fuck! I huffed, running into the store to get the toilet paper. When I got back out to my car, I had to sit there for a few. Was this shit really happening to me? Did I really have two kids on the way at the same time? Fuck! I repeated as I got back to my apartment. Shaking my head, I remember what Annalise said about my spot. It was small, like she said, and with two more kids on the way, I knew I had to get something bigger. This nigga done got a... You know what? They probably weren't together. But she... He was cheating on Zakia. That's a, that's that's right there, given. Like, markedly given. Now I can't like him anymore either. That's some bullshit. I mean, I didn't like him in the first place because he was hitting people. I liked him until he started hitting people. But he was a good dude, plus he could cook. And now I can't like him because he's a cheater. And that's my first rule. You can't be a cheater or a liar. (sighs) Momentarily dismissing my worries, I hopped in the shower and then in the bed. I was exhausted from everything that happened today, but not too tired to reach out to Carmen. After seeing her at the store, I had to know what was up with her. It only took a few exchanges of messages to hook up the following day. She was going to go do some photo shoot and ask me to come with her. It wasn't like I was in a relationship with Zakia, so I didn't see shit wrong with being seen in public with Carmen. We didn't know any of the same people and we didn't run in any of the same circles. That shit right there was what made me agree to go with her. Just please don't let me run into Zakia while we're together. I can't let that happen until I can let both of them know what's up. Until then, I'm about to be fucking both these chicks. On my kids, I am. Damn. Trash ass niggas. We everywhere. We out here. Chapter 11. Michaela. The police must have questioned us for a good hour. I didn't know what they were expecting to get out of us that we hadn't already stated. 
After they took pictures of us and evidence from the guest house, including my taser and Annalise's gun, they finally left. We had to go down to the station tomorrow and fill out a formal statement. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. After shit finally got settled and everything calmed down, that was Dalo. Even though Annalise didn't think Dalo was a problem, I still went up there to the hardware store and got those locks. After she and I were done eating, while she was in the shower, I went right ahead and changed all three of them before I went to the guest house, and good thing I did. Did, did you slip the new keys onto her key ring, too, while she wasn't looking? Like, how you gonna, you know what, doing the most, part six. <sighs> I didn't care what Annalise said. In my eyes, Dela had betrayed her by leaving with her sister, so he didn't deserve to just be able to walk in any time he felt like it. Why the hell did he have a key anyway? He didn't pay shit up in her place. Annalise had to have lost her mind and I knew it when I saw the man cave she had set up for him. What kind of shit was that and why did he even need a man cave over here when he was still fucking Zakia over there? Let him build a man cave in their house. My friend was so gone and so was Dalo for him to keep popping up over here when he wasn't even wanted. As soon as the cops and medics left, here he came. Oh, and there his ass went, too, right back out the door, which he came in and not using the key. Trying to calm myself about it all, I glanced over at Annalise as she sat trembling on the sofa. Are you okay, Lisey? I questioned. Yes, but I'm not thinking about Dalo's ass. I'm tripping off Tommy. What happened, Michaela? Where the hell did he come from? How did he even know you were here? Annalise asked frantically. Did you know he was coming? No. I had no fucking idea. Trust me, I didn't even know he knew where to find me because that was some information I had never divulged to him. What happened? After I went down to the guest house, I put some music on and hopped in the shower. I still hadn't heard from Joe and he still wasn't answering my calls or responding to my text messages, I explained and started to get upset all over again. Too much was going on and it was just a bit overwhelming for me. Regardless of what happened between the two of us, Joe had no right to keep me from my kids. Tomorrow, I'd call him on the house phone since he wasn't picking up his cell. I was still those kids' mother and I missed him. I missed my husband too, but if he wanted to be mad, I had to let him be until he had calmed down enough to have a conversation, whenever that would be. I'm talking about what happened with you and Tommy, Michaela, Annalise clarified, not you and Joe. Okay, sheesh. I huffed. Just got a little off track thinking about my husband and kids, that's all. Well, anyway, I had just gotten out the shower and was about to turn the music off when somebody snuck up behind me. I'm telling you, Lisey, I have no idea how Tommy found me, but I know he regrets coming here now. Yeah, by the time I got finished with his ass, I bet he did wish he had never come here. Wow, I still couldn't believe Annalisa shot Tommy. Even though I wished him dead several hundred times, I didn't want him to die right there in front of me. And I certainly didn't want my best friend to have that shit on her conscience. That's that's not how you spell conscience. That's, that's conscious. Well, you know the rest. You saw when I grabbed the blanket that was on the sofa and pressed it against the wound on his chest to stop the bleeding. When I heard the sirens, that was when I screamed for you to go out there and get him. Did he say anything to you when I went outside to get the medics? Yeah. He said that he loved me. He was trying to say more than that, but I told him that he needed to shut the hell up and preserve his strength. I begged him to be quiet because I was trying to save his ass. But I told him if he wanted to die, he could just say the word. No, you didn't. Yes, I did, I explained. 
Tommy had tears slipping from his eyes that I once adored looking into. I knew he didn't want to die, and truthfully, Annalise, I didn't want to die either. I understand, she said nonchalantly. I can't stop thinking about how he shut his eyes and his hands dropped to the sides. I started screaming for him to wake up. That was when the paramedics rushed in and started working on him and said that Tommy still had a pulse. They said it's weak, so he's still alive. Hopefully, he'll pull through. Tears came running down my cheeks as I thought about how the EMT jumped on his radio attached to his shoulder and called for the life flight helicopter. Then I thought about my best friend again. I should be asking if you're okay, I told Annalise. Why? Because you nearly killed a man, girl. To be honest, I don't know how you still able to sit there so calmly. I'd be losing my damn mind right about now. I knew that she hadn't thought she was going to pull the trigger on anybody tonight, but she did. I was a little confused as to why she pulled that second shot that hit Tommy in his chest, though. I mean, Annalise had already gotten a shot off in his leg, so he was already on the floor unable to run or anything. He wasn't even a threat anymore because he was crying and in pain. She didn't need to shoot him in the chest, too. I guess things just happened so fast for her that she didn't know what she was doing. I knew she hadn't meant to hurt him that bad. That I knew for sure. Lisey wasn't no killer. She was my best friend. As we rehashed what had just happened about the cops questioning us and the actions of the EMTs, I wondered if I should head to the hospital too. I mean, after all, I was the only one Tommy knew out here. I didn't even know his family or how to get in touch with them to tell them what had happened to him. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I needed to be there. If he died tonight, he'd have no one there with him. He'd be all alone. <coughs> Annalise grunted and started coughing. She did not look well at all, and a couple minutes later, she rushed to the bathroom and threw up all the contents that was in her stomach. That wasn't the first time she had done that since I had gotten here. I was starting to think she was pregnant. I mean, the fainting spells and the vomiting were sure signs. Maybe I'd get her a couple home tests just to be on the safe side. After I showered, we headed up to the main house. While Annalise was in the shower, I straightened up and washed the dishes that were in the sink. Once I finished and cut the water off, I heard my cell ringing in the distance. Running to it, hoping it was Joe, I found out quickly I was wrong. It was my sister, Tara. Assuming that she was calling me about the celebration that I missed, I hit the ignore with a text feature and sent her a message. After apologizing to her, I let her know that I had to rush out to Portland for an emergency with Annalise, even though I was the one with the emergency. Boy, was that the wrong thing to say. That only led to a bunch of questions. It took nearly 10 minutes to convince her that it was private and not to contact Annalise. To let her reach out to her first. Sighing a deep breath of relief that I had tamed my sister Tara for the moment, I looked up and saw Annalise coming out of the bathroom. Now it was time to tell her about my intentions of going up to the hospital. Before I broke the news to her, I fixed her a cup of tea with lemon and handed it to her. Annalise turned up her face soon as the words escaped my lips. Why, Michaela? I'm going to go up there and see what's going on. What? Go up where? She inquired with a raised eyebrow. Up to the hospital. Why would you do that? Annalise shrieked just as I expected her to. Wait, how's that work out? Annalise turned up her face as soon as I 
as soon as the words escaped my lips. Like she was broken the news. She was breaking the news to her, and then Annalise turned her face up and said, "Why, Michaela?" Oh, so she must have said I'm going to the hospital. But that doesn't make sense because then she said, "Why, Michaela? I'm going to go up there and see what's going on." And then she said, "Go up where?" So what? Why would you do that? Annalise shrieked just as I expected her to. I'm going because Tommy's by himself over there. He has no family or relatives or anyone. I just need to make sure he's okay. I explained even though I shouldn't have had to. I think that's a bad idea. After everything he did to you and your family, why are you even worried about him? She asked. Lisi, I can't believe you aren't more concerned about him than you are considering you're the one who shot him. I shot him because I was trying to protect you. I know that. I'm just saying that I thought you would have shown a lot more concern and compassion for him since you shot him. What? Of course I'm worried. You sure don't act like it. That boy could die. Do you have any idea what that means? It's his own fault, Michaela. He was trespassing on my property. She fussed. I'm not trying to argue with you. I just want you to relax and enjoy your tea. I have to check on him, though. God won't let me sleep otherwise, I said. Okay, please be careful. It's really late and all the drunk drivers will be out at this time of night. Thanks, but I'll be okay. I'll see you in the morning, I said as I grabbed my keys and purse. Did she even thank her for protecting her? I left the house and locked the door. I hopped in my rental car and headed to the hospital. That was the last place I wanted to be right now, but what choice did I have? Damn you, Tommy! I fussed as I slapped the steering wheel with my open palm. Why couldn't he have just stayed away? I had been done with him, especially since he was the reason why I was in Portland anyway. He ruined my marriage and everything, yet he still showed up out here out of the blue. How did he even know where I was? I wish to God I had never gotten involved with Tommy. Now he was fighting for his life, and I was fighting to save my marriage. And yet, the irony of this situation was just incredible. I found myself worried about him when all I wanted to do was be through with him. Suddenly, out of the blue, I wondered if Annalise would wind up getting arrested and charged in the incident. The cop told her it would be up to the district attorney, so she would have to wait and find out. What if the DA wondered why she shot him in the chest when she had already shot him in the leg? I knew I wondered that shit. I didn't want my friend to get in any trouble, especially since she was trying to save me. But there were a lot of what-ifs going through my mind right now. I just hope none of them played out. What if you admitted that you actually loved this nigga? That's my big what-if. Also... When my wife says I'm not trying to argue with you, that means shut the fuck up. That means you got a few seconds to just stop the conversation because she ain't saying another thing. It's kind of like that movie, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, when the, when, uh, George Clooney's wife was like, I said my piece. That's the same way of saying I have spoken, which is from The Mandalorian, which is also the same as saying, I'm not going to argue with you. When you hear that, fellas, just let it go. I mean, but this nigga done caused so much chaos and so much damage, and you still chasing him for nothing more than because this book has to keep going. And you don't even know why. 
Because you're not the one writing the book. You don't know why. We don't know why. This is dumb. But at least the nigga's gonna live. Maybe. You don't even stick around long enough to console Annalise. Like, she's broken up about shooting him. And you're like, why'd you shoot him so many times? Once you got him in the in the leg and he was down, that was all you had to do. Why'd you shoot him so many times? Like, he stalked you to Portland. He broke in your house and found your shit. And you going to see him in the hospital is only going to reinforce whatever thoughts he has. Like, why do you keep playing this game? Getting on my nerves, y'all. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Uh, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Yep. I hope y'all are enjoying this. We're already halfway through this book. Y'all be good. I'll holler at you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my now that you slipped.